Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle. Two rounds to go. The race for the finals is well and truly heating up as we head into round 19. Some very important games coming up and we're looking forward to previewing them with you here today on Around the Waffle. You're listening to us on wherever you get your podcasts and also watching on the Backchat Studios YouTube channel. Paul Persick with you and alongside me, once I said last week, a man with a license to thrill and he's now affectionately known as Bubble 07 as the evidence in the shirt that he is wearing today. Mark Foreman, how are, how are you for you? Uh, oh, well, thanks, Paul. You like the shirt? Yes, I do. Bubble 07. A little bit of James Bond and Bubble Bill. Yes, yes the see, famous ice cream. See what they've done there? Yes, yeah. they have. Clever, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know. I just saw this shirt this morning. thought I'd whack it on. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, good to be here again and uh, looking forward to a... Well, yeah, t- like you said, two rounds to go and unbelievable that we have... Three teams locked on 44 points um, from second to fourth. And then still the race for fifth is, is heating up as well. So um, a really good finish to the 2023 season. Yeah, and as I said, very important games coming up in round 19 that could decide the shape of the five. In a moment, we'll have a chat to Swan District's coach Andrew Prune. His side has got a big, big game against Claremont at Revo Fitness Stadium on Saturday. But before we do, we just want to remind you that every single game in round 19 is live, free and in full on the AFL app. You can watch anytime, any place, anywhere. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Swan Districts still alive in that fight for the five with two rounds still to go. They've got a big game coming up against Claremont. They had a cracking game back in round six earlier in the season. Will we see another? Swan Districts, they've played a great brand of footy over the last month. They're aiming for five wins in a row, and their coach, Andrew Prune, he's been good enough to join us here today on Around the Waffle. Andrew, hello, mate. Welcome to the show. Yeah, how you going, boys? Going very well. Great to have you here on the show. Swan Districts, has to be said, they are playing a brilliant brand of footy and uh, coming into some good form just at the right time. Yeah, the boys are um, just starting to get some continuity within the group. I suppose early on we were sort of decimated with injury and um, sort of had lots of changes um, week to week. In the last sort of month or so, we've been able to steady the side a little bit and, yeah, starting to see the reward for that. Uh, Andrew, I've been looking forward to, to chatting to you for quite some time because um, there's one of my favourite awards, not just in football, but in, uh, in world sport. Um, tell us, A, about your interaction and your importance with uh, Swan District supporters and B, lead us into the Golden Grunt. Can you tell us a little bit about those two? Yeah, I mean, the Swan District supporters are well, arguably the most dedicated um, loudest, um, one-sided <laughs> group of people that you're ever going to come across, and we love them for it. Um, and the boys um, on the outer with the Golden Grunt Award, they're probably the leaders of, of the pack, really. Um, you know, they're rain, hail, shine, they're there, um, they're invested, um, and we love them for it. They, the Golden Grunt Awards, a small group of boys that... Um, feel uh, kind enough to reward our players um, out of their own sort of hard-earned. And, yeah, they come every week to our home games and um, present an award, um, not always for the best player, but for a player that they feel um, has demonstrated, you know, enough to, to warrant um, an award that they, that they put up every week. And it's a fantastic forum. 
And no doubt there's going to be a lot of those players that are going to show a lot of ground in this game against Claremont on Saturday. Uh, of course, those sides met in, uh, in an absolute cracker back in round six, uh, expecting the same intense physical brand of footy that Claremont are pretty much known to show uh, everywhere around Australia. Oh, Claremont are just a fantastic side, you know. They with their their list and um, balance between experience and youth, and um, yeah, they're they're a terrific side and expect nothing nothing else but a really tough fought sort of close game. Um, yeah, it's uh, something that we're feeling ourselves for, knowing that um, knowing what they're going to bring. They've got a lot to play for, um, especially at this time of the year. Um, so yeah, we're we're ready and. Um, eager to, to get down to Claremont Oval and try and get a win. Andrew, tell us a little bit about um, tell us a little bit about Tom Edwards. So, um, look, we know he can find the footy. He had six shots at goal on the weekend. Unfortunately, didn't kick all that straight. But I, I, I'm more interested about his, his character. He obviously missed a shot after the siren earlier in the year uh, to win a game, but seemingly didn't bother him because he, he's then got an opportunity, you know, later in the year and, and nailed it. He Seems to be a, a confident young player who, you know, we know has a lot of ability, but seems to have a lot of resilience. Oh, Tommy Edwards is an absolute beauty. Um, terrific young fella. And yeah, that Subiaco game, they probably hit him pretty pretty hard when he had his shot after the fire of the miss. But, you know, he he's really responded and grown both on the field, but probably off the field as well. Like his leadership around the group and he's really come of age this year. And, you know, he's had a being rewarded for a really hard pre-season where he got his body um, quite fit. He's got a pretty good um, aerobic tank. And, yeah, we certainly love we love his aerial acts and um, his ability to climb over the top of people and find the ball somehow. But, um, you know, he's, he's really taking his game to the next level just through to his hard work and dedication. Now, just before we let you go, Andrew, uh, it's going to be a battle in the midfield, it has to be said. Claremont, stacked midfield, they got plenty of depth. So do your side, the Swans. Looking at these four players in particular, Turner, McLaughlin, Clark and Pina, could those four really hold the key at Revo Fitness Stadium on Saturday? Yeah, well, Dove is under a little bit of an injury cloud at the moment. He's got a little bit of an issue with his knee, so hopefully we can get him back. But I think uh, I think those, yeah, absolutely like the four you mentioned, um, throw in Cipro there, had a pretty good game on the weekend as well. Um, we've got all the makings there to be you know, a really good side. And we think that our best footy with all those players going through there is, is good enough to to stack up against those guys. I mean, Claremont have been the benchmark really for a long time um, in the competition. And, you know, there's no there's no um, surprise that they've been able to play finals so consistently um, throughout probably the last decade, really. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're something that we're striving to, to chase down, I suppose. And the, the likes of the players you mentioned is, you know, why we think we can we can hopefully get there, if not this year, definitely in the future. Massive game for the Swans against Claremont on Saturday. Andrew, we really appreciate your time here on Around the Waffle. All the best to the side. It's a huge game. Thanks for your time, mate. Yeah, thanks, boys. Great that, work. Thanks. That, that was Andrew Prune, the coach of the Swan Districts Football Club. Massive game it certainly is going to be. Yeah, it's huge. And, um, you know, they're not in a privileged position where they can afford to drop any games. But um, in a way, in fact, not in a way, it is important that they're playing Claremont because if they want any chance to play their part in September, then they need to beat 
teams above them and Claremont's the one that they can knock out. So. And I have to agree with the both of you as well. I mean, Swan District supporters, they get loud, but their passion yeah. and their dedication is just brilliant. I did their game against Claremont back in round six, brilliant crowd, and my golly, you could ride every emotion with them, whether you're in the box or in the outer. Simply a great experience uh, for the Swan supporters. Oh, it's awesome. And um, we're, we're in a an interesting time in WA footy, I think, where we, we have seen numbers in the WAFL sort of wane a little bit. But I can tell you absolutely adamantly that Swan Districts are a club that, you know, those guys on the outer, um, and like I've told you, you know, I speak about this tongue-in-cheek a little bit, the Golden Grunt, but uh, my, my uncle's one of them and mm. he tells me every week, you know, he, he gives me the rundown on the games and they just love it. And it's more than it's more than a game to them. Oh, yeah. Because they, they all, you know, they've all got their work, their families and their life, but they come together once a week and... Uh, even my uncle who's actually you know he, he's interstate um and and has been living there for a little bit but they still call each other when they miss the game and so that sort of camaraderie is, is really important and you could hear andrew talk about it which is why it's so important to him it was really nice to hear to be honest and absolutely so whilst it's a funny little award the golden grunt because he burps all the time but uh <laughs> it's a it's a really important connector between club players and, and supporters mm. and, and they've been there for, for a long long time I think since the 70s absolutely sensational we love it uh, here in the WAFL scene that community spirit that brings everybody together no matter what club uh, you support of course that game and also every game in round 19 is live free and in full on the AFL app this weekend this is Around the Waffle Paul Persick and Mark Foreman Let's get into the games for a massive round 19 coming up. The first one, Claremont and Swan Districts at Revo Fitness Stadium on Saturday. Claremont have lost their last four games. Swan Districts have won their last four games. It is going to be a danger game for both teams in their own right. Claremont, they can't drop this game, nor can Swan Districts. What a cracker this one's going to be. Yeah, it will. And, um, yeah, look, they're in free fall, Claremont. So, and Swan Districts are, are quite the opposite. They're, they're going up and up. So, uh, it will be a good one. And I think... Like I keep saying, four weeks ago, this would have been a foregone conclusion, but uh, not so much now. And we're, we're, yeah, we're just waiting for it. We have been waiting for a Claremont response and it just hasn't come. So uh, I'm going to tip Swan Districts. Because, You're going with the Swans. Yeah, You're going with the Swans. Yeah, I love the work they put in. Um, but, you know, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Claremont won. But in, yeah, in saying that, I mean, their pattern of of form is just not good. Well, Claremont's home record has been good. Of course, their first loss only came back in round 15 against West Perth. Claremont, they've just got to find a way to get back that continuity from midfield into attack because they've had a couple of forwards uh, go in and out of the side. Only Talon DeLacy came back last week after a spell in reserves. Tyron Smallwood missed that game with concussion. He's expected to be back in that game against Swan Districts. Jarvis Pina is hoping to return after a few knee problems uh, last week. So that could be a huge difference for both sides heading into this game. Claremont, they're at home. It's back against the wall stuff and they've got the talent to do so. They've just got to execute. Swan Districts, what a brand of footy they're playing. I think it's a much more polished brand of footy they're playing over the last four weeks than Claremont, and I think their polish and discipline is going to be a key, and that's why I'm going to tip Swan Districts as well. Hey, there you go. We've, under we've, Swans as well. we've agreed. We have agreed for once. Um, yeah, and like you know, like we heard Andrew Prune say, um, you know, that they'll hope to get Jarvis Pena back. He's a really important player for Swans, and um, you know, Sw Swan Districts at, at full strength will absolutely take it up to Claremont. 
We've, we've both picked them, so let's see how we go. What a game it's going to be, though, yep. over at Revo Fitness Stadium on Saturday at 2.10. They've played a few crackers in the last couple of years, Swan Districts and Claremont. This one, we hope, will be no exception. Now we go to the second game of the round, Perth taking on East Fremantle at Mineral Resources Park. The Sharks, if they win, they will sew up top spot on the ladder. Yeah, they will, and, uh, you know... They absolutely should, looking at, you know, your top versus second bottom. So um, it, it probably should be reasonably straightforward for East Fremantle. But, of course, you, you don't walk into any game of footy with that mindset and, and they will just look to execute the things they've been putting together that have got them into this privileged position where... Especially, you know, against this, this Perth side who haven't been good this season, but they showed a lot of competitiveness. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what I was going to say, particularly last week. You know, they, they played quite well for, for three quarters and... Uh, it was only late that Swan Districts were, were able to sort of pull away a little bit. So um, important. Uh, every, every game's important. You can always take something out of them. Um, and, and Perth will just be looking to build. And, and you know, I, I think they've sort of been experimenting here and there, but they're just looking to get a bit of unity within their group. Um, and we've seen some positive signs. So it's not all doom and gloom for Perth either. Absolutely. But I reckon they will find it tough against uh, yep. a very solid East Fremantle side who maybe without Dylan O'Reilly, though, of course, he did his hamstring on the uh, round 18 game at the Wacker. Um, Jonathan Marsh, who knows when he's going to be back. He's had a back problem. Milan Murdoch, obviously, is a bit of a question mark around him as well. So East Fremantle, even without those players, I reckon can still get it done against Perth. I'm going to go with the Sharks by around about five goals, I reckon. It'll be a good game over there. Perth will give a good account of themselves. They've got good firepower in the midfield, but East Fremantle, they'll just have too much class. Uh, yeah, I hope. look, I hope it will be a good game, but I I'm going to go a little more than that. I reckon it'll be about 50 points. 50 um, points. And I think you can... Uh, look, I, they certainly won't rush players back for this game. It, it's one that they will expect to win regardless of their personnel. And um, perhaps that is the privileged position they've put themselves in. They can maybe not rush players back that uh, might be touch and go. So East Fremantle for me by, yeah, I'll go 50. Oh, East Fremantle, of course, looking for eight wins in a row. Hasn't happened since uh, the latest stages of 08 and into 2009 as well. It should be a very interesting contest, though, at Mineral Resources Park. And then we go to... Game number three on Saturday at Lane Group Stadium, Peel Thunder and West Perth. This one is a real biggie for Peel Thunder. It's a must win to keep the double chance hopes alive for West Perth. It is win or bust, as it has been for the last five weeks. But, of yep. course, West Perth will do so. Uh, we'll head into this game without Aaron Black, who's got a hamstring injury. But they've got enough depth to look at their side and go, OK, we can go to Mandra and take out this game. Right off the bat, I'm going with West Perth. I reckon they can get the job done, even without Aaron Black. Their depth is coming good at the right time. But Peel Thunder are going to make it very, very tough, especially when you have Bailey Banfield running right up forward and also Brady Gray starting to find some good form. Blair Bell, will he come back from back soreness? A lot of stories around in this game. Yeah, uh, it's no it's no mean feat to go down to, to Lane Group and, and come away with a win. So... It is a, it's a huge challenge for West Perth, but I'm I'm probably with you as well. I, I they I you know just looking at the results and and looking at the way they've gone about it, they seem like a team on a mission. Um, and um, yeah, unfortunately for them, it's it's not in their hands. But all they can do is their part of the deal. And I I think they I think they will go down to Peel and, and have a win. Um, take nothing away from Peel. We we spoke earlier in the week to um to to Brady Brady Gray, who you know is. Uh, rightly so, very, very pleased with what Peel's put together and um, certainly not saying it'll be easy, but West Perth are giving themselves every chance to, to knock Claremont out of that out of that four and I reckon they might. I reckon they might do it. It's hard to cover Aaron Black, but um, like we said, 
earlier in the week too. They've got some players who are, are playing some really good footy. They also had a couple of, of down players last week. I, I saw at the bottom of the list who, you know, Keegan Knott was one I saw. He didn't get much of the footy. and Well, he's only just come back from the reserve, so he was a little bit rusty and yeah. uh, a little bit unpolished out there in the forward line. But uh, if he does get selected for the league, I reckon uh, he'll have a, a lot of faith in uh, his team and uh, they'll have a lot of faith, the coaching staff, a lot of faith in Notty uh, to uh, get the job done and add a little extra depth in the forward line. Yep, and and it's he's a danger as well, as as is Tyler Keitel and... Um, and Bailey Banfield for Peel Thunder. Yep, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, dangerous forwards in this game, actually. But Blair Bell, is, like you mentioned, Blair Bell, will he come back from that back injury? Uh, we'll see. He, he is huge for Peel. I, Massive. I got to see him firsthand a couple of weeks ago. Uh, huge in every sense of the word. He's a big body and he's a, a big presence. So um, will be a cracker. I'm going to go West Perth, but that that is genuinely a toss of the coin. I'll say like, I'll say under a goal. I'll say six points. What a, what a game that one's going to be south of the river. And by the way, you can see that game live on Channel 7 as well. It'll be an absolute beauty. Fourth game between East Perth and West Coast at uh, Leaderville Oval on Saturday. East Perth, of course, uh, you know, th- their season, I think that loss to East Fremantle was uh, a bit of a shot in the arm, so to speak. I reckon they can recover from it very quickly. But they're up against the West Coast side who gave a good account of themselves last week against Subiaco. But uh, East Perth, you'd expect them to bounce back, especially the form against uh, the Eagles over the last couple of meetings. Yeah, starting to see some... uh, You know, over the past month, we've started to see some positive signs from from West Coast. Um, That... That game against Peel was a bit of a blip on the radar, but besides that, we, we have seen some some good things. So hopefully that continues. East Perth, uh, they're they're strong, um, they're, they're super strong, and you know they took it right up to East Fremantle. And again, isn't it funny? That's the difference between being first for East Perth and fourth. You know, is dropping that game. So uh, they will win this one <laughs> super easily, unfortunately. But um, it yeah, again, it's about system. So. When you're playing those sort of lowly teams, they, they will have their plans that they need to do and they'll just look to execute that and get in good habits. We talk about Mitch Crowder, you know, being East Perth's best. They did have a few players down on form, especially midfield. Brayshaw and Schumacher were held quite well by the East Perth, uh, by, by the East Fremantle midfield, rather. I expect them to see plenty of the football. I see, expect them to respond in a big, big way because after they get the job done, and I'm going to go with East Perth as well quite easily, they have West Perth in June up, and I reckon they'll build themselves up quite nicely for that game against their arch rivals in round 20. Yeah, and, and they always they always do. Those games carry a little bit extra. Um, but, yeah, and, and look, you can't be up all the time. So it was, you know, I, I suppose the sign of a good side is, is when some of your better players are down that somebody picks up the slack. And um, that seems to be what's happening at East Perth. So they're, they're building... Uh, really strongly towards the right end of the year. East Perth for both of us uh, over there on Saturday at Leaderville Oval. And then the final game of round 19, South Fremantle and Subiaco over at Fremantle Oval at 210. South Fremantle, they've lost their last six games at their home ground. Their record has been pretty poor, to be frank, this year over there and uh, have had the longest since an eight-game losing streak back in 1997 but they have won the last two games at home against Subiaco, including an 88-point win last year. So the home record against the Lions isn't too bad. But, you know, you're having a look at their performance in the last two weeks. Their forward line has been exposed with the lack of depth that's there. Their midfield hasn't shown enough desperation. When you're coming up against the likes of Subiaco, who've got Schofield, Kitchen, Gyro, the Hickmop boys in great form, I'm afraid this one is going to be one-way traffic. Uh, Subiaco especially through their midfield and their uh, informed forward line, will really hold the key up there at Fremantle Oval. Yeah, I, I tend not to look too much at history. <laughs> the only exception was the uh, the Fremantle Derby when there was that weird 15 in a row. But um, 
so I, I completely agree with you. I think Subi will go there and, and do the job because they're having a stellar, stellar season. Um, they've got talent all around the park and they, you know, th- they're building as well at the right time of year. And with, yeah, those forwards, you know, Ben Sokol is one who's so good to watch and, and he seems to be hitting the scoreboard pretty hard um, at the right time too. So, yeah, Subiaco, I, I, I think, will be far too strong for South Fremantle despite, as you said, you know, that they haven't travelled there all that well recently, but I, I really don't think that that will matter. If South Fremantle are, are going to cause a blowout in this game, on the other hand, they have to have Jimmy Miller not only playing in ruck, but playing back up forward. That's where he's more suited. Having said that, of course, you've got Higgins out for the season. Mm. You've also got Solomon James, who's you know blossoming into a real prominent ruckman for the Bulldogs, out for the season with a knee. So that leaves South Fremantle very short on ruckman. But having said that, Jimmy Miller has really live, uh, lived up to the task that he's got at hand. So he could hold the key for South Fremantle. Yeah, he, he could. And it's just unfortunate that they have been struck down with injury because you kind of have to rob Peter to pay Paul mm. when you lose a player or when you lose a couple of players like you mentioned. So, unfortunately, he can't be everywhere at once, Jimmy Miller. Um, but, yeah, he you know, he does hold a key, and I think Subiaco will, yeah, I mean, that's something that they'll have to look at to try and nullify him. But in saying that, Subiaco have a uh, pretty reasonable ruckman running around there, Paul. Yep, so Zach Clark. Absolutely. So, um, you know, second in our uh, Around the Waffle Player of the Year votes and uh, probably, to be honest, leading the Sandover medal. Um, so... It's, yeah, it's a tall order for South Fremantle and Subiaco far too strong for me. I'll, I'll go 50 points as well. Then. Yeah, I'll say Subiaco as well by about eight goals. And so for once, we've all gone uh, the same teams in a round. It's a miracle. It is. And we, so there's, yeah, there's nothing I can give you hell about next, uh, <laughs> next week when we uh, do our review. No doubt about it. <laughs> now, just before we wrap up today's edition of Around the Waffle, of course, it was announced earlier in the week by the West Australian Football Commission that the big dance is back on the big stage. Hey. And what a way they're going to celebrate it. Festival of Footy at Optus Stadium on the 24th of September. Uh, Michael Roberts, the CEO of the WA Football Commission, saying this year's grand final will be like no other. There's going to be a lot of entertainment, and that's just not the game itself out on the field. It's fun for the whole family, and I have to say, there's going to be a lot of them uh, that will be witnessing uh, not only a great game, but a great day out of uh, for football as well. After what we saw last year up at uh, Leadville Oval, uh, turning the streets into Footyville, and with the grand final back on the big stage, they are going to really ramp it up this year. Yeah, it'll be, it would, it'd be good to see it there and, um, you know, uh, going the Sunday again so that the standalone, there won't be any AFL, which, you know, is important. And, um, yeah, he, uh, like just looking at the ladder, I, I think we're, we've got a cracking final series coming mm-hmm. up. It's to, to the point where I honestly think anyone in that top five could, could beat any other any other team on on their given day. Absolutely, so, um, shaping up to be a, a cracker of a final series, and and that's exciting news about the uh, the festival of footy. And I, re- I think it'll really ramp up the crowd as well. You know, we had just over thirty thousand in twenty twenty one, which was an excellent crowd given the conditions uh, that mm. they were that day for the South Frio Subiaco Grand Final. Intermittent rain. Hopefully, it'll be the weather wise a little bit better yeah. uh, this year, and uh, hopefully, we get a crowd uh, a really good crowd over there for the Grand Final because I think that, that finals race, as you said, is going to be. So exciting given how competitive the season has been and uh, that f- sort of finals monopoly where we see a lot of these teams like South Frio, Subiaco, Claremont, West Perth regularly in the finals could be broken this year. It's going to be so interesting and so fascinating to hear what uh, what the WAFC will uh, put together next as far as uh, you know the grand final is concerned, how that festival of footy will be ramped up. It's incredibly exciting. It is. And the, you know the best thing is when so often in finals you, you sort of go, oh yeah, the, the, you know, 
in, in terms of Waffle, maybe fourth or fifth are just making up the numbers. Well, that's just not the case this nah. year. Um, where, uh, and, you know, in the AFL, you know, seventh or eighth are making up the numbers. So it's just not the case here and, uh, where we can get any team having a, a win on their get, on their day. Yeah, so. I think I'll, I'll go on record and say this. You know, a lot of teams and a lot of people have said if you finish one, two or three in the finals, you've got a chance for the premiership. I reckon who anywhere who finish in the five, all the teams that finish in the five this year will have a shot. I reckon if there's a premiership winner that comes from either fourth or fifth, it'll be well-deserved because yep. it's been such an open season and unpredictable as well. So I think whoever finishes in that five secures those fifth spots, those five spots all have a chance to win the premiership. I don't think fourth or fifth will be making up the numbers this year. Certainly not. And, you know, hypothetically, if you stop the ladder right now, East Perth is in fourth. Well, you would not want to run into East Perth no. on, on any day. So, um, you know, perfect example. And, and, you know, we'll see who gets that fifth spot. But it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Of course, still two rounds to go before we sort out that final five for it. Great job as always. Look forward to seeing you here on Tuesday to review the round. Look forward to it, Paul. Thank you. Thanks, Forey. And thank you to all our listeners and viewers for tuning in to today's edition of Around the Waffle. Just remember, we're on socials as well. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us a big thumbs up. We really do appreciate it and like our pages and all our content that we put together for you. Don't forget, Tuesday, we're going to review round 19. It's a huge weekend of football coming up. Don't miss it. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.